Genesis chapter 22 tonight. Genesis chapter 22. I want to thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to preach tonight. Thank you for giving up the a night of your series. <laughs> Let us preach. Let me preach and Brother Wesley when it's his turn, Lord. And uh, I want to thank you, church, for being so supportive of us, supportive of us, new preachers, and just of each other. Amen. Just, the Lord's been showing stuff to me a lot here lately about the church and how important the church is. We have a special one. We really do. I thank y'all for loving me, loving Miss Holly and our kids. And I thank y'all for praying for us for this last, oh man, week and a half that we've been sick. I thought we were going to have to move to the outskirts of Dalton and start yelling unclean. Because it just was not, we were not getting better. Between Lincoln and Raya and then Holly and then me with flu, found out I have flu right after uh, we're down at Vision together. I said, oh, this is Good thing we did, decided not to use the same toothbrush. So, but, but really, I want to thank y'all for all the support y'all give us. I pray, or I ask that you will continue to pray for me and Holly and so a lot of decisions we're making in our lives. Uh, I know y'all will be there, be there praying for us. Tonight I want to preach on the story of Abraham and Isaac. This is, as soon as I said, Genesis 22, you probably already knew what this was. I've come to really love and appreciate Abraham and his faithfulness. Uh, my last sermon was in Hebrews 11, along with Brother Wesley. And <laughs> but Abraham is such an inspiration because he fails. He fails through Genesis, but he keeps pressing on by faith for the Lord. He's, like I said, he's just become one of those people that I've really began and really truly began to love in the Bible. He was faithful. I want to have a testimony like Abraham. Sure. I'm faithful. Amen. So if you're there, Genesis chapter 22, if you'll stand as we read God's word tonight. Starting in verse number one. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide, uh, abide ye here with ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it, up on, laid it upon his son, Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father... And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. 
And they came to a place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon thy lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a second time and said, Behold, or by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hath not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and thy seed shall be all the nations of earth and be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. You can be seated as I pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Thank you for what this has spoke, how much you've already spoken to me through this, Lord. Lord, I'm nothing without you. I'm the farthest thing from worthy to share your word, but Lord, I speak to us tonight through me. Speak to me. You've already spoken to me through this, but Lord, I pray that someone here tonight will hear from you. I pray that they'll listen, because I know you'll speak to them through your word. Lord God, I thank you for all that you do. Thank you for loving me. Be with us tonight. In your name, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God asked the great sacrifice of Abraham right here. Uh, uh, I, I know if the Lord came to me and said, hey, I want you to get Raya or Lincoln. and Well, I have two kids. So, he's, so it'd be like having no kid. You know, take both of your kids over here to the hill behind the church and kill them for a sacrifice for me. But what the, the significance of this you know, Abraham was promised of God that he was going to be the father of many nations. And this is his only son, his only true son. It says, verse 2, Thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. What a request from God to take his only son, the son he loves, and offer him to God for a sacrifice to kill him. But it wasn't really a request if you look in verse 2, he says, take now thy son. He wasn't asking, hey, Abraham, do you mind taking your son Isaac up here and offer him for a sacrifice for me? It was a command. I would imagine that, the Bible doesn't say it, but Abraham was just as man as me and you are. He's a fallen, fallen man. I'm pretty sure that shook Abraham. Like I said, the Bible doesn't say it, but he... Uh, But he was, like I said, he was a man. I can't imagine, but it does, the Bible doesn't point out that he said he was shaken. It says that he went out. You see, God had a calling. Uh, 
on Abraham's life. The calling can be found in Genesis 12. If you flip over there with me, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the country, out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That's Abraham's calling. His calling was to go to an unknown country or to an unknown land that God would show him and God would make him the father of many nations. We know this. this is, we hear this all the time, but Abraham went by faith. He obeyed the calling of God by faith. He packed a question out of his homeland, out of his father's where he was from, and left. He didn't ask God where, because God didn't say where. He just said, give me that general direction and go. Without question, he obeyed. He acted out of obedience. He acted upon God's call on his life. That brings me to my first point. We all have a calling. We all have a calling. Acts 1.8 says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me unto me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. If you're here tonight and if you're saved, you have a calling, period. Period. You have a calling. It's right there, Acts 1.8. Now, whether that calling's here in Dalton, to be a witness, witnessing to somebody every day, to be a Sunday school teacher, to preach, fellas, or to be a missionary called to go around the world. Speaking of that, if I had half the energy that Nate Wilkerson had in his big toe, man, I'd do some work. But we have a calling. We're simply, it's simply this. We're called to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, to what extent the Lord calls you specifically and individually, that's between you and the Lord. That's for him to show you. But everyone in this room is saved. You have a calling on your life. Amen. You need to be like Abraham and really listen to that calling. That simple, that first calling as a Christian to further the gospel, you need to listen to it. I need to listen to it. Now we come back to our text. Abraham has obeyed his call, the call to leave his home, his home country. And they had some bumps along the way in the chapters between 12 and 22 where they go into Egypt and have that little hiccup there and then they got impatient and stopped waiting on the Lord to bear a son to him and he had his son Ishmael. That's, there were some bumps along the way. We'll be back in chapter 22. But he remained faithful. God never promised that his calling or this Christian life is going to be an easy thing. Uh, he also never said that our calling is going to be static in one place. It's not going to be, you're saved, there you go, go to heaven, the end. Or to pastor, you know, go start a church, Alton, the end. No, we don't. It's a day-by-day walk that we have to have 
And we have to seek the Lord daily to see what His will for us that day. Daily walk. See what His will for us is. We have proof of that, that not being static by this right here. Uh, brings me to the second point. Our calling is to be dynamic. We'll be dynamic. Our calling will be dynamic. And dynamic, by definition, is constantly changing, if you will. Uh, like I said, we have to live for God day by day. If I, two years ago, would have said, all right, Lord, called to preach. And that was it. Nothing's going to come out of that. If I never talked to the Lord, get up here and fake preaching, spit and slobber, holler, throw the Bible around, and do all that, I'm not going to do anything for the Lord. I've got to seek Him daily. I have to go to Him daily and ask for His guidance, for His will. Every day in my life. Proverbs 1.8 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Amen. I love that encouragement because, you know, sometimes we'll pray and it feels like the prayers just stop, hit the ceiling. He says he hears us. Seek him early and they shall find me. We have a promise. If we're looking for him, we're praying to God, we're in his word, having to walk with him, he's going to listen. And we seek Him, He will show us uh, what He has for us every day. We see chapter 22, Abraham has been given a test. He's testing Abraham's dedication. God is testing Abraham's dedication to Him, to God. And He's testing Abraham's dedication to His calling. Because Isaac is part of Abraham's calling to fulfill that seed, to be the father of many nations. He's testing to see if Abraham's truly sold out. I believe wholeheartedly Abraham could have said no. He's a man. He had a free will. Sure. What would have happened if he had said no? I don't know. Uh, the fleshly side of me kind of wants to know what, he would have, what would have happened because how oftentimes do we say no to the Lord? He was falling just like us. Like I said, I, I really do. I kind of wish, like, Lord, what would have, what'd you have done if Abraham had said no to you? But then I think, no, that's not what the Lord wanted us to see because he wanted an example of faithfulness. We wanted us to see what Abraham, how Abraham was. Have you told God no, though? Have you told God no in the calling for your life? I bet I'd venture to say that most of us in here have. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I have. I'm guilty of that the calling to preach. I waited and waited and waited and waited and told the Lord, I said, you are crazy. He is, uh, that's not for me. Lord, you had, I had a good job. I have this, I have that. This isn't, I don't want to be a part-time, halfway, give it whenever preacher. I kept telling the Lord, no. I knew that committing to the Lord to preach and do it wholeheartedly and giving my all meant to give up some Isaacs. To give up some Isaacs in my life that I didn't want to let go. But here's where I went wrong with all that. I didn't read the whole story. I read the story, but I didn't listen to the whole story. I didn't pay attention to God, really. Because it don't just, like I said, it's dynamic. It's always going. It wasn't just a call to preach just right then, the end, it's over. I didn't pay attention to the rest of the story. Can I tell you that he will supply your every need? 
Point number three, he'll supply your every need. He's not going to ask you to do something bold. Get out of your comfort zone. Get off the over here and do something for him without supplying for somewhere to go. Something to do. Supply your every need. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Abraham had faith that God would supply. Abraham knew that he was in the will of God. But he knew that God would supply. I love it. I love right here this conversation between Abraham and Isaac. Verse 7, chapter 22, verse 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Notice the wording right here, if you will. In verse 8, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. That hit me. I said, boy, that's good. Lord slapped me right there and said, pay attention. I said, it says himself. Not Abraham. This is Abraham speaking. He didn't go, the Lord will provide me a lamb so I don't have to kill you, son. He said, God's going to provide himself a lamb. This was a test for Abraham. This was a test for Abraham. We're going to have tests in our lives. But it wasn't a test just for Abraham. It was testing Abraham for God. It was seeing if Abraham was truly committed to God. When he puts trials in our lives and tests in our lives, it's for his glory, period. Like I said, for our calling. It's 100% his glory. Glory to God. I mean, you think if, if, we, if we get through these trials, if Abraham would got up there and looking the whole time they were walking up this mountain for a lamb, he said, oh, whew, there's one over there. You think he would have given God the glory? No, probably not. Because he would have said, well, I found that lamb on there, that ram on the way up to the top of the mountain there. Whew, we got this covered. We don't have to do this. Uh-uh, that's not how it went. God let him get to that very point, to raising the knife, to going to kill his son and stopped him. And God provided for God's glory. So what happened? I got ahead of myself a little bit right there. God supplied. 10, and 10 through 13, Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Could you imagine Abraham right there? He's got that knife pulled out. You know, he's waiting. But it never says he hesitated. He pulled it out and raised it. I, believe, I truly believe he was going to kill him. But Abraham knew that God was going to supply. In Hebrews it talks about, uh, he believed that he could raise him from the dead if he had killed him. But God put Abraham in this hard situation for, his, for God's will to test him. God supplied it. I like how Warren was... Uh, uh, Wearsby puts this. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of these to you. Where does, where does the Lord provide our needs? In the place of his assignment. When does God meet our needs? Just when we have the need, and not a minute before. He didn't give that ram on the way up to the mountain, up on the way to the top. He waited till that very moment that he was about to kill Isaac, and God supplied right then. 
We don't need to try to jump ahead and get ahead of the Lord. We need to wait on his perfect timing, on his perfect will for our life to supply those needs in our lives. To whom does God give his provisions? To those who trust him and obey his instructions. Like I said, if Abraham hadn't of hadn't of went up there and said no, I I would venture to say he would take an take an Isaac and it'd been over for Abraham. Why does God provide our every need for the glory of His name? God's always on time, every time, if we're in His will. We must be willing to answer His call. So, like I said, what happens if we don't answer? I think of what happened to Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5. They, uh, they said they were going to give the profit they make from the land and give to the church, give all of it. They go to give it to the church and they skim a little from the top. They didn't give God their all. They didn't give all their best to the Lord. They didn't give everything they promised. They didn't follow God's will and obey him to give everything. What did he do? He killed them on the spot. He didn't wait. He killed them two individual occasions, but he killed them right on the spot. He didn't wait. Isn't our God merciful? Like I said, I, I told him no. Have you told him no? We're still here. We're still kicking. Now, don't use that as an excuse. Brother Blaine said, the Lord is merciful. He's not going to kill us, or he's not going to kill us if we don't obey him. We need to obey him immediately. Sometimes you may not get a second chance. You may not get that second chance. You may not get the opportunity. The Lord could have turned his back on me many times and said, all right, you're not listening. You're not heeding. Sorry. And I'd have just been living who knows where, how, and how long. Lord had mercy. Lord had grace. If you're here tonight and you haven't heeded to his call, and you know he's calling you, you better, you better listen. You better listen. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior to hear a call, if he's pressing on you tonight saying you need to give your life to him to make, to make the first step and be saved, call on him, that's your first call. And I pray that if you're here and you don't know him, the Lord's calling on you, that you don't wait. You don't wait. We're not promised tomorrow. Even us that are saved, we're not promised that. I mean, if he's calling you to get saved tonight, and I thought of that, the devil powerful. He said, when are you preaching Sunday night, the cream of the crop? I think of Brother, Brother Daryl. You know, somebody, there's probably more lost people in the church than on the street, just about a lot of time, not in this one, but it's, if you haven't surrendered to him, you need to. If you're here tonight, and you're saved, and you haven't fully surrendered your life to God, I ask you, and I tell you, there's no greater place you can be than in God's will. Amen. That's, you may think you're doing good. You may be putting that smile on Sunday morning when you're teaching Sunday school. But you know, every time Brother Wayne gives that invitation, the Lord's saying, it's time for you to get serious. It's time for you to fully dedicate your life. Give up that Isaac that you have in your life. Whether it may be your job, who knows? 
the saying that pastor always, sweep the room you're in and God will give you a bigger room. I think a lot of times we get pretty comfortable. We get that room swept and we find that chair. Oh, yeah, look at this room. And we sit here and we enjoy that room that we just swept. We don't get up and we don't move into that next room, that next bigger room that God gives us. We get comfortable. We're creatures of habit. We enjoy, excuse me, we don't enjoy getting out of our comfort zone, even if it's for the Lord. I challenge you, if the Lord's been working on your heart, especially through this missions revival or just anything in general, if God's asking you to do more, you need to listen to him. Because I promise you, you won't regret it. If you have that thing, like I said, that is on your heart right now, that the Lord's putting on your heart that you need to let go, I promise you, He's going to provide something better. He may, get, he may let you keep it just like He let Abraham keep Isaac. He didn't kill Isaac. He may let you keep that thing. He just may want to see if you're willing to give it up. But if you have to give it up, He's going to provide a greater Isaac in your life. Let's quit being half-hearted Christians, and let's quit saying we love God but we're not willing to give everything we have, everything, our everything, our us, our Isaac. Let's give it all to him. Let's give him our all. Let's put our all on the altar. Lay your Isaac down tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity to preach your word, Lord. I pray that you'll use your word to speak to someone. If they're not completely sold out to you, that they'll do so tonight. Heed to your calling. Let that Isaac go. Know that you'll supply for him, Lord God. I thank you for all that you do, all that you're going to do. If there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray they'll come to know you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment of invitation, good message. How many of you would say that the Lord has brought to your heart an Isaac that you have not laid down? I believe it's very dangerous to put anyone anything, any career, anything ahead of God. I believe God wants to test you tonight through this message that you're willing to what? lay down your Isaac, something that probably you worship, or maybe you don't worship, but you adore enough that you put it first or put them first. And God wants you to lay down your Isaac. What a great message. And then when you do, you'll find out he's Jehovah Jireh. He will provide, and he will be there in the midst of God's will.